And now we turn the time over to Sister Fanny Factcheck. Thank you, Brother Ben, for presiding, because we need somebody to be presiding at all times, don't we? We would like to welcome you all out to this special edition of the podcast. It's the Foompods edition, which stands for the foundational undertaking of Moroni's promise of the doctrine of salvation. I'm pretty sure. I would like to bear my testimony about this true revelation of a podcast. Because, see, I did not know which podcast was true. So I went to Target, and while I was alone in the dressing room, I had a lot of my special eggnog that I had taken in there with me, and I I felt an evil spirit try to prevent me from praying. But then two personages, far brighter than an LED, came down from the ceiling, and the first one told me that there is no such thing as freedom when you're in a cult, and that turning my willpower over to an organization was simply fucked up. They said that there is no such thing as a true and living podcast, and I could listen to whatever the hell I wanted to. And right now, that would be the Latter-day Lesbian Podcast Food Pod Edition. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the Foop Pod edition. <laughs> no? Yes? I liked it, but we are supposed to be on a break right now. So you don't want to do this? I mean, I kind of do. <laughs> but don't tell Kimberly Anderson. She would be pissed. We're going to be in trouble? Uh-huh. So shh, nobody tell Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> well... Okay, so we have been on a break, mm-hmm. as everyone knows. Look, we missed everyone. We did, and yeah. we also thought maybe Dan at Extension Audio, thank you, Dan, had some uh, foam pods lying around that he could stitch together, right? And with it being Christmas, right around the corner. <laughs> we thought we'd give you the gift of foam pods. Truly <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on it, giving. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. It truly, truly is. So you're welcome. Yeah, and we want to thank uh, Brother Ben and Fanny Fact Check for that lovely intro. Uh, Sister Fanny Fact Sister Check. Sister Fanny Fact Check. Sorry. Jesus. I'm new. It's been a long time since we've had <laughs> the microphones in front of us. Uh, yeah, so we just decided to throw together a best of for the holidays. Get ready to laugh. Well, hopefully. Are you overselling? No. Okay. Have I ever oversold? Probably. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, this is our little gift from us to you until we talk to you again in the new year. So Mm -hmm. hope you enjoy the foom pods. Yep. Here it comes. That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) You just never know what you're going to get. You don't. And that is also what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. He might have said that, too. (laughs) He's got quite the vocabulary. (laughs) He does. He really does. Whoever he is. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's time? Yeah. It's time for that segment called the Fucked Up Mormon Phrase of the Day. Cue music. It's the Fucked Up Mormon Phrase of the Day. The Fucked Up Mormon Phrase of the Day is hold to the rod. Hold. (laughs) More specifically, the iron rod. But hold to the rod. And go. Hold to the rod. I'm guessing Shelly didn't hold to the rod all that well. Well, for 21 years, but it didn't last. I don't bump. Uh, hold <laughs> to the rod. Uh, there are scriptures that talk about thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me, right? Isn't that the right scripture? And I'm thinking this isn't very comforting, whatever this is. It just feels like another one of those Mormon things where as long as you 
hold to the rod of Mormonism, you'll be on the straight and narrow and living your life right. Mm-hmm. Did I get right? I mean, somewhat. It's kind of right? The iron rod. What rhymes with rod? God. Yes. <laughs> the iron rod is the word of God. Oh, God. And there's it, a song. Well, okay, that makes a lot of sense because they got to have something that rhymes with God. <laughs> Might as well be rod. <laughs> Might as well be rod. What else could it be? Cod. Hold the cod. <laughs> I like that better. There's not a lot of words that rhyme. Mm-mm. Okay, so what is what is the rod? Is it just God? It's the word of God. The word Listen, of God. Listen, there's a song. Everything has a song. So the rod that you're supposed to hold on to is actually the word of God. So like the Bible. Or the Book of Mormon or something. Or the words of the prophet, because Mormons the be cray cray. The words of the prophet, whose name is Rod. Mm-hmm. His name is Rodney. They, they, the prophets speak for God, so you can hold on to the prophet's words. But <sighs> there's a song. Do, do we have anyone to credit for this phrase, by oh, the way? Oh, we do. Mina C. from Reddit. And I'm sure probably someone else sent that in, too. It's a pretty common phrase, but... Thanks, um, Mina. Thank you, Mina. Keep them coming. All right, you want some lyrics to a song? It's called The it. Iron Rod. All right. Do it. To Nephi, seer of olden time, a vision came from God, wherein the holy word sublime was shown an iron rod. Nephi is who again? Oh, that's right. You haven't read the Book of Mormon. No, it's on my reading list. Here's the chorus. Should I sing it? Sure. <clears throat> now I feel like everyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a podcast. May have another drink. Hold on. Hold up. I feel like I'm Get performing. some liquid courage mm-hmm. in you. Should we do um, praise to the man just to warm up? Nope. Praise to oh the my man God. who communes with Jehovah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I feel more brave now. Okay. Do you? Because I did opera. Hold to the rod, the iron rod. Tis strong and bright and true. Oh the iron rod is the word of God. <laughs> Duh. Twill safely guide us through. Those of you listening, Mormons, did you always want to see like how long they would hold that pause between the third and fourth verse of the chorus? I did. I know. I was on pins and needles. (laughs) (laughs) Did no no one think this was sexual? I mean, I do. Did. (laughs) Didn't anyone like snicker behind their hymnals? I'm sure there were a lot of like teenage boys snickering behind their (laughs) hymnals. All right. Wow. Da, 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 da. <laughs> okay. The fucked up Mormon phrase of the day is uh-huh. the Leahona. The Leah. She's <laughs> never going to get it. <laughs> Leahona. It's one word. L I A H O N A. You may ask me yes or no questions. How about that? <laughs> to try to narrow it mm-hmm. down. Maybe it was that third sister in the Bible. Jacob had to marry Leah, and then for seven no. years, then he married Rachel, no. and then there was this Hona chick. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you want to ask any more questions? Uh, does it have anything to do with a person, person's name? No. Is it a planet, like Kolob? No. Although it is spherical. Spherical? Oh my gosh, I just gave her a hint. That was a big-ass hint. You're welcome. It's not a star or a planet? No. No. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Come on, I, everyone I, knows what the Leahona is. What is wrong with you? Do they? Are you not faithful? Is it hyphenated? No. <laughs> Mormons don't hyphenate, by the way. They don't? No. Latter day is hyphenated. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know what Leahona is, uncle or something. All right. I can't wait. This is actually on Wikipedia. I mean, I know what it is, but I want to read Wikipedia's version. 
In the Book of Mormon, the Liahona was found one morning at Lehi's tent door. So Lehi was a prophet in the Book of Mormon, by the way. Okay. It is described as a round brass ball of curious workmanship with two spindles, one of which indicated the direction that his party should travel. It is sometimes referred to as a compass, although the context makes it clear that it did not function like a magnetic compass. On occasion, there was also writing on the ball that displayed additional instructions from God. Using the Liahona, Lehi and his party were directed through the wilderness and across the ocean to the Americas. The Liahona worked, in quotations, according to the faith and diligence with which they heeded its direction and ceased functioning at times when the members of the party demonstrated a loss of faith in God's commandments, notably when Nephi's brothers rebelled against Lehi during their ocean crossing. The only place in the Book of Mormon where the word Liahona is used is in the Book of Alma. When Alma, speaking to his son Helaman, explains, our fathers (laughs) called it Liahona, which is being interpreted a compass. So it's a weird Mormon compass. It's a weird Mormon compass. So Lehi wakes up one morning and walks out of his tent and like, oh, what's this? It's a, a ball. Brass balls. With spin- brass balls. <laughs> <laughs> Lehi picks up his brass ball <laughs> and there's spindles on it. So it's a compass, but sometimes there's writing on it from God. So it's like a combo of like a compass and a magic eight ball. Okay. And when you're being okay. disobedient, uh-huh. it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. When you're being obedient, it tells you which way to go and little inscriptions of what God wants. Okay. What do you think about that, Mary? Uh, say it. You need to say it. Say it. Now's the time. Hmm. Liahona makes me think that possibly it's all fake. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Just starting to think that way. Today's fucked up Mormon phrase of the day is <laughs> flirt to convert. Oh my Mary, God. How does that make you feel? Flirt to convert. <laughs> well, it's catchy. Um, you know what's coming to mind in this is kind of irritating me right now, but I'm going to say what I think this is. Spill okay. It. I feel like those door-to-door missionaries are encouraged to flirt a little with the people they want to get baptized as quickly as possible so that they can get into the temple and get your tithing dollars. Flirt with them a little bit so that they will be more apt to convert. Did I get it? You did. I got it right. You got it. All right. Who else got it with me? I would like to hear people <laughs> tell me their experiences of being told to flirt to convert or people who converted because of flirtations. I can think of a good handful, at least, of my friends who converted because of a flirtatious elder. Um, they ended up getting married or whatever. To the elder? Well, after the mission. Really? Yeah. Wow. So actually, My cousin, for one. So it's like a dating service. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, I don't think that sexuality should be used to convert people to a religion. That's just me. Um, but it definitely happens. Rumor has it also that the hottest, most attractive sister missionaries get sent to Temple Square because Temple Square gets the most visitors and they want the hot sisters out there. Oh my gosh. Is this true? This is what I've heard. Is it a rumor? Someone tell me, am I right on this? Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's pretty, pretty. Because they're trying to like use sex mm-hmm. to bring men into the Mormon church because they've got like. Yeah, or vice versa. Look cute, at all these women yeah. you can choose from. Or it's the, the cute young elders that are clean cut and look nice and mm-hmm. they're t- typically white and delightsome and oh God. American. Oh God. Um, Boy next door. Yeah. 
by the way, how are you going to fall in love when you're supposed to be keeping yourself completely clean and not have impure thoughts? Impure thoughts. Like if you are being a good, righteous missionary, how are you even allowing yourself to have love thoughts toward someone that you're teaching hmm. the gospel to? That's a good point. I hope we get a lot of writings in. Yeah. Writing ins? Writings in. Right. <laughs> That's a weird expression. Uh, anyway. Okay. A lot of people writing in? Yeah, that? that's what I want. That's okay, I fantastic. Want. This dog doesn't stop licking my leg. Domino, seriously, you got to stop, bro. Mm-hmm. Leave that in, Dan. Really? I don't care. The fucked up Mormon phrase of the day is the little factory. Mary, The go. little factory. All these things just seem so creepy to me, by the way. They make perfect sense. All of you never mows right now. I love, by the way, we have a lot of never mows that listen because uh-huh. their spouses are ex-Mormons or whatever. And they love to play the game of fuck up Mormon phrase of the day. Because they're like, what the? So all you never mows, if you got it right, raise your hand. Well, I still haven't even gotten it. Okay. It just seems like to me another thing that you drill into kids' heads. Like when you turn eight, you get to do all these things. You get to be baptized. You're part of some factory now. I don't know. It just feels like... The little factory has to do with children indoctrinated in the Mormon church. <laughs> Who here wants to be part of the little factory? I don't know. So many people are laughing right now. I know. I can hear it. I can hear it. What is the little factory? <laughs> okay. In order for me to explain it, I need to read from a talk given by Boyd K. Packer, who was an apostle at the time, I think. He's just a bigoted fuck. He really is. Oh, He's God. just, or was, I don't know. Is he dead or alive? I don't remember. Anyway. This was given back in 1976, although it has still been read over the pulpit, taught in uh, class. I'd hope they don't do it anymore, but... Yeah, 76, they were churning out little Mormon soldiers in a factory (laughs) called the pre-existence. Oh my gosh, when she learns what little factory is, this is going to be amazing. Shelly, what the hell is Little Factory already? (laughs) All right, this was an address given by douchebag Boyd K. Packer to young men of Aaronic priesthood age, to young men only, he says. So this is, Aaronic priesthood age is 12, 13, 14, 15 year old boys. And this is loosely based on Aaron, the brother of Moses. Not yeah. ironic, which is kind no, of what ironic, I think which is, is the whole thing's made up anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it says, because some young men do not have fathers, and because some fathers and some bishops do not know how to proceed, I approach a very personal subject, one that is important to every young man. A young man should learn to rule his body. Oh, God. Like his temper, he should keep it always under complete control. That sometimes is not easy to do. Oh, God. (laughs) This is creeping me out. (laughs) (laughs) This is so fun. (laughs) Within your body, you have the power of creation. You will one day find a mate and desire greatly to express fully your love with her. Uh, By the way, I hate that he already is like man, woman. Uh, well, well, of so course. how are the little gay boys feeling? You know, they're uh, like, wait, I'm not attracted to women. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Anyway, really? Yeah, we, we all know okay. that they're homophobic. Okay. Yeah. We don't even need to go into that. <laughs> right. Just ask yourself, how have gay people ever felt in the Mormon church? Ever. <laughs> Period. LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, be inclusive here. The righteous expression of this physical love and marriage is approved of the Lord. She may then conceive and give birth to a boy or a girl, a baby of whom you will be the father. So creepy. So it's like, you you know, you have this power of creation and someday when you're married, you can can use that and then she will have a baby. Oh, this is a talk for teenage boys. Yeah. Uh, Is this not Handmaid's Tale? Oh, yeah. Jesus. For sure. 
This is a very sacred power. The Lord has commanded that you use it only with one to whom you are legally and lawfully wedded. He has decreed serious penalties indeed for the misuse of it. (laughs) God's going to punch you. Can you imagine? The boys are like, oh, (laughs) There's going to be some punishment coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tarn feathering. Yep. Going on. This power begins early in life with some when you are hardly into your teens. This has a purpose for with this power comes the attributes of manhood. (sighs) You notice changes in your stature and your voice. A beard and other masculine characteristics become part of your nature. Masculine. Mm-hmm. I could grow a beard, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> okay. Your feelings also change. This physical power will influence you emotionally and spiritually as well. I hate how they're referring to just puberty. Like they're talking yeah, no, about this puberty, is puberty as power. Power. And don't don't mess with it. Don't because girls go through puberty too. I'm guessing that's not powerful. No, it's weak. You're unclean. You bleed. You're unclean. It's weak. Oh, okay. Your feelings also change. This physical power will influence you emotionally and spiritually as well. It begins to shape and fit you to look and feel and to be what you need to be as a father. Oh, good God. Ambition, courage, physical and emotional and spiritual strength become part of you because you are a man. Uh, when does the factory part it's come real in? close. You become very interested in young women and want to be with them, and this is as it should be. The power of creation affects your life several years before you should express it fully. You must always guard the power with wisdom. So you wait must- a minute. Wait a minute. So men, so boys have the power of creation. Oh, yeah. What do girls have? We're vessels to bring spirits into the world. <laughs> that someone else created? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. We get fucked. It's just like, literally. I'm talking to women here. Mm -hmm. Female listeners, why on earth was it ever okay for you to be a Mormon? Someone explain that to me. Why do women accept this bullshit? I don't get it. Well, for me, I was born into it. Most were born into it. And people who are listening to our podcast are no longer Mormon. The people who we need to be hearing this message are not listening. This is right. like we're preaching to the choir, but we just want to point out some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I haven't even gotten to the, the factory well, part. factory parts. Coming up, though. Uh, okay. You must always guard the power with wisdom. You must wait until the time of your marriage to use it. During that waiting, what do you do with these desires? <sighs> My boy, you are to control them. You are forbidden to use them now in order that you may use them with worthiness and virtue and fullness of joy at the proper time in life. Let's go ahead and shame <laughs> like God. any boys and I mean, make them feel like if I'm not a virgin when I get married, I'm not worthy. I'm not virtuous. Is he not allowed to say the word masturbation? Is that what's happening? He's <laughs> <Of course laughs> just talk around it. Well, we're getting there. Okay. Here it comes. God. Literally. I wish to <laughs> I wish to explain something that will help you understand your young manhood and help you develop self-control. Uh When this power begins to form, it might be likened to having a little factory in your body. Oh, God. (laughs) One designed to produce the product that can generate life. The product. You mean... (laughs) (laughs) Like, basically, a little factory. I guess it's your nutsack. I mean, it's like... (laughs) He can't say masturbation. No. He can't say sperm. Mm -mm. Wow. This is ridiculous. (laughs) The euphemisms for just... We're talking about anatomy here. Yeah. No, it's your little factory. <laughs> you were so wrong in the film pod. <laughs> you were like, everyone wants to be part of the little factory. Not really. 
I mean, I didn't realize it was going to be like some weird euphemism for masturbation. Well, there's more to read. Can I read a little more? Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I wish to explain something that will help you understand your young manhood and help you develop self-control. I'm throwing up in my mouth a little bit. You should be. Okay. You should be. This little factory moves quietly into operation as a normal and expected pattern of growth and begins to produce the life-giving substance. I just threw up all over my microphone. (laughs) Oh my God. This is so horrible. I'm not done. When was this address? 76. That was when it was done the first time. It has still been in pamphlets. Listeners, how... Who know about the little factory? What was the most recent <laughs> time that you were talked to about the little factory? Oh yeah, that would be interesting to find out. So this was in the seventies. Was he the prophet? No, he was. Uh, I want to say he was in the quorum of the, the twelve quorum apostles. Quorum of the twelve the quorum apostles. Quorum of the twelve. Okay, we did, we left off on life giving substance or semen. Okay, uh huh. It will do so perhaps as long as you live. It works very slowly. That is the way it should be. For the most part, unless you tamper with it, Uh, you will hardly be aware that it is working at all. Oh my God, this is horrible. (laughs) As you move closer to manhood, this little factory will sometimes produce an oversupply of this substance. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, let's bring God into it. The Lord has provided a way for that to be released. Oh, shit. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise be. (laughs) under his eye. Okay. Mm -hmm. It will happen without any help or without any resistance from you. Perhaps one night you will have a dream. Oh God. In the course of it, the release valve that controls the little factory will open and release all that is excess. Oh my God. This is disgusting. (laughs) God. People are like, she's bullshitting. No, this is for real. This is for real. The factory and automatic release work on their own schedule. <laughs> the Lord intended it to be that way. Oh, God. It is to regulate itself. This will not happen very often. You may go a longer period of time, and there will be no need for this to occur. When it does, you should not feel guilty. It is the nature of young manhood and is part of becoming a man. Ugh. There is, however, something you should not do. Sometimes a young man does not understand. Perhaps he is encouraged by unwise or unworthy companions to tamper with that factory. Tamper. Don't tamper with the factory. <laughs> he might, oh, here's a great word. He might fondle himself uh-uh. and open that release valve. This you shouldn't do. For if you do that, the little factory will speed up. You will then be tempted again and again to release it. Oh my God. You can quickly be subjected to a habit, one that is not worthy one that will leave you feeling depressed and feeling guilty. Resist that temptation. Do not be guilty of tampering or playing (laughs) with the sacred power of creation. Keep it in reserve for the time when it can be righteously employed. Oh my God. This is the worst thing I've ever heard. Anyway, there's more in this, but it just goes on. It's like tells a story and blah, blah, blah. There's so much wrong with that speech. Is it written down somewhere? Yes. It's called To Young Men Only by Boyd K. Packer. You can look it up. It's so damaging. It also, I think, would make a man feel like, I'm such a man. I have these Mm -hmm. feelings. I'm growing a beard. My little factory is working. I got to wait, 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 wait. Because as soon as I get married, my job is to knock her up. You know what I mean? Which then makes the girl just... Her well, we job a, is to make babies. Yeah, we, we got a letter from someone who just felt like she was a vessel for something going in and something coming out. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Women, I am so sorry that the church has screwed you up because surely it has in some way or another. And I hope that we 
are all getting help. That goes for the men as well. Yeah, because I feel like it's overinflated for the for the men and the responsibility and the pressure for men is great in a different way. Like sure. it's the Mormon church isn't doing anybody a favor here. No, it's it, not good for anyone. No, it isn't. So here you have boys who probably have never heard anything like this here before. Here I was thinking it was some righteous Mormon army talk or something. Mm, nope, it's masturbation. <laughs> well, the little factory is... Because you're, you're nuts, I guess. You're nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, Shelly, this sounds like a good time for a break. I agree. We'll be right back. We are supported by apostate coffee, a damn good cup of joe. I would like to bear my testimony that you will love this blend with every fiber of your being. Uh, you mean bean? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the Les Bean medium dark variety roasted in small batches to ensure freshness, zero bitterness, and balanced acidity. With the sacred, not secret combo of caramel and cocoa, very fancy. Mm -hmm. This coffee will nourish and strengthen your body. Nice. So stop drinking subpar coffee. Give the Lesbian Blend a try today at apostatecoffee.com. That's apostatecoffee.com. What is today's fucked up Mormon phrase of the day? I am excited because there's no way in Kolob that you're going to get this. <laughs> Are you ready? The fucked up Mormon phrase of the day today is... Mm -hmm. Adam on die amen. What? Adam what? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, by the way, it's brought to you by Jeff B. Thank you, Jeff. This will stump her. Adam, Fuck you, Jeff. Just kidding. <laughs> Adam on die amen. Uh -huh. So it's Adam, like the name, okay. dash on die, O-N-D-I, dash amen, A-H-M-A-N. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Well, Adam and Amen seem like names. So Adam, I'm just, I can only assume is like the name of the Adam, like the first man supposedly is okay. Adam. Amen. God. Listeners, I wish there was a call in. I need to phone a friend here. Don't help her. <laughs> Make her figure it out. How in the world would I figure that out? I don't know. This is fun though. Adam, Andai, Amen. This just seems like names from the Book of Mormon somehow that are involved in some sort of ritualistic... So much better than that. <laughs> so much better. Or so much worse, however okay, you want to call I it. Don't I don't know. know. Okay, I'm going to read to you. This is from Wikipedia. Adam on Diamond is a historic site in Davies County, Missouri, about five miles south of Jameson. It is located along the East Bluffs above the Ground River. And according to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it is the site where Adam and Eve lived after being expelled uh, uh. from the Garden of Eden. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Oh, True story. my God. I'm not done. It teaches that the place will be a gathering spot for a meeting of the priesthood leadership, including prophets of all ages and other righteous people prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is a place. Yeah, it's the Garden of fucking Eden. <laughs> in Missouri? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do uh, people in Missouri know that this exists? Just the Mormon people. And by the way, I need to at this point apologize to my children for dragging their asses on a tour of Nauvoo. Did you go to this place in did. Missouri? Yes, did. Oh, my and, God. But you know what? I'm apologizing, but not apologizing because my ass was dragged there by my parents when I was a kid. And 
funny true story. We're there, and my brother, Mark, my, one of my older brothers, he was throwing rocks, and he managed to hit a sprinkler, and the sprinkler broke, and it flooded like a section of the Garden of Eden. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Such a great story. So, wait a minute. What? Your parents really believe that this Garden of Eden— I believed it, too. —exists in Missouri. Yes, and that's where Adam and Eve went when God kicked them out of the Garden of how'd Eden. How'd they get there? I don't know. How did they get there, Shelley? I, I, I'm did they use some sort of liahona and, and some sort of magic seer stone that—what are those portals called? A port key. Isn't that what they're called I, in uh, Harry Potter? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a port key where you can— transport yourself somewhere magically. Mm-hmm. That's what they would need. Is that, is that how it went down? <laughs> you think they had a boat? I love how Mary's trying to like make sense <laughs> of this You think they shit. had a boat and a horse and stuff? I there don't, were no maybe God just like, like snapped his fingers and put them there. Poof. Poof. You're in Adam Missouri. You're in Missouri. Okay, my apologies to anyone who lives in Missouri, but they call it misery for a reason. <laughs> it's true. And when we dra- when Brett and I dragged the kids there to see it, um, it was hot as balls. Uh, I, we had, I want to say five kids at the time I was pregnant with number six. So I was hot oh as my balls. God. You mean the little factory? Oh, those are your balls. <laughs> <laughs> is that not just now occurring to you? I hadn't put it together. I mean, clearly it is the little factory is your balls, but I hadn't like, Im- now I'm imagining like a factory in. It's hot as my little factory. In a nut sack. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe Mormons really think that. Yes. That Adam and Eve r- really were here in America. I'm going to tell you more. That is so crazy. It's about to get crazier, but let me talk. There's just- no way. Think about it. There's no way that it could they could have gotten to America. Well, Joseph Smith said it was, so there you go. <laughs> this, this, this was Joseph Smith's claim. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some more stuff to you, Nobody too. had discovered it yet. There was this guy named Christopher Columbus. Well, interesting that, that Joseph Smith the just, Americas. Yeah, Joseph Smith just happened to live like right near where the golden plates were, and also just happened to live next where the Garden of Eden was, and just happened like yeah. Wow. I know. This shit gets crazier and crazier. I know. Oh my god, I'm beginning to think it's all fake. <laughs> yeah. You guys, I'm just starting to think that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This is such a good one. It's such a good one. This is crazy. I know. I know. Just when you think this shit can't get weirder. Yeah. No, it's... um, And harder to believe. Like, the fact that so many people really think that Adam and Eve magically got to Missouri. Well, this is what Joseph Smith taught, and people didn't... Question. Question. Why? Were they idiots? Well, why do Mormons right now not question President Nelson or President whoever? Like, they don't question. It takes that mentality of believing everything. Joseph Smith could have said anything, and they would have believed. Same with Brigham Young. Same with the the current prophet. I was in church on a Sunday when someone bore their testimony and literally said, I love the prophet so much, if he told me to jump off a cliff, I would jump off a cliff. She said that shit. That was when I, one of my last Sundays in church. I was like, these people be wacky. So I came across this article by LDS Living. It doesn't say on it who wrote it, um, but it's for Sunday school. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing this is Sunday school for the youth. I'm not positive, but I will double check. But I got to read this because I was like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> so this, will, this is going to be taught to Mormons. Think about the deacons in your ward for just a moment. Every week, you get an opportunity to partake of the sacrament because of them. I love to watch them walk to their assigned spots and begin to pass the sacrament to those of us in the congregation. But every now and then, I have to laugh a little. 
Here are a bunch of boys who just graduated from primary where they sang primary songs and learned about the basics of the gospel. Then, all of a sudden, they're transformed into Aaronic priesthood holders, passing the <sighs> emblems of the body and blood of Christ. Water. Yeah. All right, maybe the change doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> Nevertheless, they're young, and they're doing what the Lord has asked them to do, and that's cool. Okay. This chapter is about the future responsibility that some deacons may have. Sisters, don't think you'll be left out. It's about you, too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and then that's all he says about it. It's about an event. <laughs> oh, it's about an event such as the world has never known. What event? I'm telling you. <laughs> it will be one of the biggest sacrament meetings ever to be held in the history of the church, and it will take place before the second coming at a place called Adam on Diamond. Many members of our church have been patiently waiting for this special day to come, so let's take a look at Adam on Diamond and get excited about the greatest gathering of saints of all time. Oh my God. Let's start with the meaning of the name Adam on Diamond. You can probably recognize that it has something to do with Adam, but what does the rest of the name mean? I got that far, Jack <laughs> Wagon. <laughs> Elder Bruce R. McConkie, another asshat, explained, Amen is one of the names by which God was known to Adam. Adam on Amen, a name carried over the pure Adamic language into English, is one for which we have not been given a revealed literal translation. Adamic language? He had his own language, Adam? Of course. Okay. As near as we can judge, <laughs> and this view comes down from the early brethren who associated with the prophet Joseph Smith, who was the first one to use the name in this dispensation, Adam on Amen means the place or land of God where Adam dwelt. <laughs> it was the place where Adam and Eve lived when they were expelled from the Garden of Eden. Uh huh. They, they had You're to live Missouri. somewhere, so they took a short journey. Short journey. <laughs> <laughs> from the Fertile Crescent to Missouri. Yeah, that's not short, yo. <laughs> Did they travel up and down the Mississippi on a log raft? Perhaps. So I know. Perhaps. Okay, they took a short journey to a place where they could live and have a family. God. So, where exactly? was Adam's first mortal home. Some people think it was somewhere in the Middle East, but the prophet Joseph Smith said, <laughs> Adam on Diamond is located immediately on the north side of Grand River in Davies County, Missouri, <laughs> Davies County. about 25 miles north of far west. God. It is situated on an elevated spot of ground, which renders the place as healthful as any part of the United States and overlooking the river and the country roundabout. It is certainly a beautiful location. I'm pretty sure it was a land flowing with milk and honey. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he says, some people think it was somewhere in the Middle East, but mm -hmm. the prophet Joseph Smith said oh, it's it in right. Missouri. <laughs> Brother Joe had it all figured out. God, God I hate that I believe this it's shit. It's so stupid, Shelly. It is. Can I keep going? I think it might be fake. <laughs> you might have to say that a lot as I get through this little reading. Okay, here's more. You may have visited the area. Oh, I did. Today, it's God. farmland. There aren't any massive church buildings, no tabernacle, and no conference center. It's just a quiet place where you could go to have a picnic. But about three years before Adam died, he called his children together at this place. Then he gave a farewell speech to his children and blessed them. This is all according to Joseph Smith, of this course. This is so stupid. It must have been a memorable time for all who were there. Daniel, a righteous hero in the Old Testament, prophesied that a similar meeting would again take place before the second coming. Did he, though, according to the Old Testament? Well, I, I, he might have said that there would be a meeting before, but it, it's not did. in Missouri he and shit. He was busy battling lions in the lion's den. That's a good he point. He had stuff to do. He's petting kitties. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so has that second meeting happened already? Not yet. 
In fact, you may even be invited to attend. (laughs) Then again, you may not even know when it occurs. President Joseph Fielding Smith gave us some information about the special meeting. He said, when this gathering is held, the world will not know of it. The members of the church at large will not know of it, yet it shall be preparatory to the coming in the clouds of glory of our Savior Jesus Christ, as the prophet Joseph Smith has said. So he's going to come back to Missouri. That's where, Je- where that's where Jesus is going to come back? Yeah, Jesus is coming to and Missouri. To Missouri? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he brought his bug spray, yo. <laughs> Some big mosquitoes. <laughs> wow. Let me keep reading. <laughs> so great. I I stumbled upon a gem in this article, by the way. The world cannot know of it. The saints cannot know of it, except those who officially shall be called into this council, for it shall precede the coming of Jesus Christ as a thief in the night, unbeknown to all the world. That quote raises an interesting point. Who will be there? The scriptures give us the invitation list. The Lord tells us who is invited. Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Elijah, Elias, Peter, James, John, John the Baptist, and Moroni. And Moroni. the girls there. <laughs> well, really? yeah, why would they invite the girls? It's so funny because all those names are from the actual Old Testament except for Moroni. Yeah, go and throw them in there. Moroni. And Moroni, because he was the well, prophet he was the an- of the— he was the angel, I thought. No, he was, but he was he was sent to open the next dispensation and blah, blah, blah. It's like the major dispensation. I know, but he, it's, was, it's he wasn't a of. person. He was an angel, right? No, he was a person. He was a person then and an after angel? after he died, he was an angel. Okay, and that then doesn't he happen. The- <laughs> I love that I'm trying to explain this to you like it's a real thing, and I it's not. And but I'm like, well, I'm I'm on this side of the angels argument. Angels are angels, and people are people. No, like he was a person, and then he died. That doesn't he happen. He buried the plates, then he died. He was like the last of his people, and then he became an angel. And uh, that's not a thing. Well, none of this is a thing. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> These are the stories I was raised on. All right, can mm-hmm. I read some more? Mm-hmm. Being given to the Savior connotes an act of covenant making. To be out of the world is to fully observe and keep one's covenants with the Lord. In other words, every Latter-day Saint has the potential opportunity to meet with the Savior in a sacrament meeting experience at the time of His coming. That means that every prophet of every dispensation will be there, including Lehi, Nephi, Jacob, Abinadi, Alma, Mormon, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and Gordon B. Hinckley. Even you and I could be there, provided we live worthily and keep our covenants. Mm-hmm. And pay your tithing. Well, yeah, that's one of your stupid covenants. <laughs> Elder McConkie said, every faithful person in the whole history of the world, every person who has so lived as to merit eternal life in the kingdom of the Father will be in attendance and will partake with the Lord of the sacrament. In Missouri. In Missouri. <laughs> so I remember hearing that and being like, oh my gosh, I can't make mistakes. Like, I want to be one of the special people who were called to go to Missouri. I want to see Jesus. Who doesn't Mm -hmm. want to see Jesus? In Missouri. In Missouri. (laughs) Didn't dawn on me that that was freaking ridiculous. It never occurred to you? No, I believed everything. (laughs) I didn't question one single thing until I was like in my 40s. Wow. All right. I'm almost done, but I got to keep reading. You're compelled to keep reading. I'm compelled. How would you like to be a deacon at that sacrament meeting? When I was a deacon, we were assigned numbers that told us where we were supposed to pass the sacrament. If you were assigned number one, you passed to those on the stand who presided over the meeting. What if you got number one at the Adam on Diamond sacrament meeting? Oh my God. You would slowly walk up to the stand and pass the sacrament to the person presiding. I mean, Jesus 
Christ. <laughs> you, you're going to give Jesus Christ some cheap bread and water? <laughs> yeah, you're going to give Jesus a piece of himself and his own blood? Why would you give Jesus that sacrament? <laughs> I think Jesus Is would be gonna like, remember Jesus himself? would be like, I got this kid. And then poof, the water would turn into wine. <laughs> yeah, he'd be having a party. Like, yeah, and then the Mormons would be like, oh, can't mm-hmm. drink alcohol. Oh my God. <laughs> See, I do. Now I do want to go so I can kick it with Jesus and get shit faced on some Jesus wine. Because you know that Jesus shit is amazing. Wine. Good year. (laughs) The year of our Lord and Savior. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) Sorry. Jesus is getting down in Missouri. Do they have good grapes there? Oh, well, this is into the water and the wine. I'm pretty sure the grapes suck in Missouri. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Jesus is there. He's like, bring me some of that swamp water. I'm going to hook shit up. Are you guys ready? Yep. What's yeah. today's foom pod? You know, Let's somebody was it. saying it should be fum pod because it's fucked up, not fooked up. I mean, we can say whatever. We can, it's we like call people it who want. say Nutella. Hazelnut. Oh, well, that's what true. Do I say? Nut- Do Nutella? No, oh, I say Nutella. But I it's do. Uh, hazelnut. It's a hazelnut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Words are funny. I, English is funny. It, it really foom, is. It's, it's foom pod. It's stuck in the I way. like well, foom pod. If we actually said it how it's phonetically spelled, it would be fum pod because there's a T and a D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's take okay. a foom pod. Foom pod. All right. Today's fucked up Mormon phrase of the day is tight like unto a dish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tight like you unto a dish. Uh, we... This one goes out to Skylar. Thank you, Skylar. Oh, fuck you, Skylar. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you, Skylar. Where do you find these things, Skylar? Yeah. Tight, tight like, like unto a, a dish. dish. Jessa. I don't think we're talking about Shelly's abs here. <laughs> Not at this point, no. <laughs> nope. How about my underboob? It's pretty uh, tight, but then okay. remember, this is a Mormon saying. Okay. Yeah, they've never seen my underboob. Mm-hmm. Dallin has never seen my underboob. Why would a dish <laughs> to be my tight? knowledge? <laughs> so in the Book of Mormon, okay, we know how accurate pass. that is. Mm-hmm. That's actually the very first thing. And it, came to, <laughs> and it came to pass that Jared and his brother and their families and the Jared. friends of Jared and his brother and their families were jewelers. Went down. <laughs> <laughs> Went down in the valley, which was northward. I'm not going to read the whole thing. So basically, this is the Jaredites, which is a made up people. Jaredites. <laughs> uh, they prepare for their journey to a promised land. Why is it, by the way, that in religion there's so many references to people being given a promised land if they'll be obedient? This is another one of those cases. I mean, how many references are there besides the one in the Bible? The and one in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, yeah. The, Book of Mormon. The, the Book of Mormon. That's what okay. I, mm-hmm. I, I have. Um, but I, I have a theory. A, okay. it gives the people an incentive. Mm-hmm. And also, it's a justification for invading somebody else's land and killing everybody. We are entitled to this better location, this land over God here. Promises the land God promises milk said. and honey. Mm-hmm. God, right. Our God said it. We well, don't care about your God. That's and true. in the book of Exodus, I believe, uh, Moses was not allowed to go in because he didn't talk to the rock to get water mm-hmm. out of it, yep, as yep, you do. Because he did one thing wrong. He struck it with mm-hmm. a stick or something. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a like, very similar story in this in this. Uh, yeah, because Joseph Smith is a plagiarist. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so basically this is Jared and the brother of Jared, which by the brother of Jared is called the brother of Jared. Okay, this is like the scriptures. In oh, that look, new heart show where it's like, named. this is my brother Daryl and my other brother, brother Daryl. Right. <laughs> but you know what's funny is, so in, this, in the Book of Mormon, he's referred to as the brother of Jared. But after the Book of Mormon came out, people are like, well, what was the brother of Jared's name? And supposedly, I think it was Joseph Smith, got a revelation that his name was Moriankamer. Moriankamer? Right? Yeah. 
Did he just <laughs> drop a bunch of letter blocks onto the ground and invent a name? But isn't that funny that people would be so concerned? Like, well, we want to know what his real name was. <laughs> oh, we'll ask God what his real name was. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so st- guys, it's so stupid. Okay, so the brother of Jared, so he's supposed to lead people to the promised land, okay? So it came to pass that when they had come down to the valley of Nimrod, that's the name of the valley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Nimrod. The Lord came down and talked with the brother of Jared, and he was in a cloud, and the brother of Jared saw him not. It came to pass that the Lord commanded that they should go forth into the wilderness. It came to pass they did travel in the wilderness and did build barges in which they did cross many waters, being continually directed by the hand of the Lord. So now God's telling him where to go. You're going to go to the land of promise, which was choice above all other lands, which the Lord God had preserved for a righteous people. Just like you said, the righteous people mm-hmm. get the land, right? Yeah. And he swore in his, ma- his wrath, this is God talking, under the brother of Jared, that whoso should possess this land of promise from that time henceforth of forever should serve him, the true and only God, or they'd be swept off when the fullness of his wrath should come upon them. We haven't so come God's to the like, tight as a dish part yet, have oh, we? Oh, it's almost okay. here. It's okay. almost here. But I, I, the story is like, God's like, you, if you're righteous, I'll give you this land. And if you're not, I'll kill you. Carrot and a stick. Yeah, mm-hmm. carrot on a stick. And then if you get there and I give you this and you're not exactly what I want you to be, I'm going to hit you with I'm going to hit you hard until you're dead. Or I can just use it to explain any sort of hardships that mm-hmm. you undergo. Like mm-hmm. God-splaining. Yeah, God- yep, God's God-splaining with a, a, a divine blackboard. Mm-hmm. And holy chalk. Okay. <laughs> so there's like three more verses, long ones about how great the land is and how you better be good. It's a choice land and whatsoever nation shall possess it shall be free from bondage. Um, so all this made Mormons think that is America because people like to read into that shit. Mm-hmm. Now, here we go. The Lord said, go to work and build after the manner of barges. He's tell him how to build barges. It came to pass the brother of Jared did go to work and also his brethren and built barges after the manner which they had built according to the instruction of the Lord. Book of Mormon's boring as fuck, by the way. <laughs> and they were small and they were light upon the water, even like unto the lightness of a fowl upon the water. And they were built after a manner that they were exceedingly tight, even that they would hold water like unto a dish. And the bottom thereof was tight like unto a dish. And the sides thereof were tight like unto a dish. And the ends thereof were peaked. And the top thereof was tight like into a dish. Like into a dish, you're right. <laughs> and the length thereof was the length of a tree, and the door thereof, when it was shut, was tight like, like unto like a, a dish. So tight like unto a dish is basically the description of these stupid barges that were built <laughs> so that these people could get to the promised land. How many land. cubits were in this barge? Uh, it doesn't barge. say. Um, there's more to it, but basically, then this brother of Jared is like, oh, well, how are we going to breathe in there? There's nowhere to breathe. And so God tells him, well, you cut a hole in the top with a plug and a bottom with a plug so you can get this out. It's so weird. And then he's like, well, how, how are we going to see? It's dark in there. And so God tells him to collect 16 stones and go up this mountain with these 16 stones and set the stones at the top of the mountain, then God touched them with his finger, each one, and made them light. And this was the first time any human had ever actually seen God's finger, and it was because he was faithful. And here we are again trying to make <laughs> sense of oh, like made up stories. I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm beginning Barges. to think it's all fake. There we go. Oh, I didn't yeah, need to say like it today. That. Jessica like that. filled that in. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. What's today's Fumba, Shelly? All right, Mary. The fucked up Mormon phrase of the day today is zelf. Zelf. Okay. That's all I'm going to give you. <laughs> so I think I know about a zelf on a shelf podcast. Isn't there a zelf on the shelf podcast? Mm-hmm. I haven't listened it's to it. It's a YouTube channel. It's a YouTube channel. I'm giving channel. you too many hints. No, you figure it out well, on yourself. I've heard of that already, okay. but I don't have any idea what zelf is. Okay. Although, of course, it rhymes with elf, which is fun. Um, maybe, 
maybe this is like some sort of weird borrowing from like an Adamic language thing where it's like, instead of the word self, <laughs> Joseph Smith was trying to be clever and he's like, so I says to myself, Zelf, oh God. was that it? Did Zelf, I get it right? You need more wives. <laughs> or would he say, Zelf, I need more wives? Yeah, that's how okay, it Okay, let me start that over then. Okay. So I says to myself, Zelf, I need more wives. I think that's it. You know, what's awesome about this is we actually pre-asked Sister Fanny Fact Check. Oh, I guess you did, because I was not aware of this. Fine, whatevs. And you know what? I got to be a little honest. I wasn't, ex- I, I didn't know what Zelf was in its entirety. Okay. And so you didn't know all things Mormon. Well, I knew what it was, but I didn't know. I didn't know the details that our uh, lovely, dependable sister Fanny Fatchek has. So I think we need to turn the time over to Brother Ben, who will in turn turn the time over to <laughs> sister Fanny Fatchek. Okay. Is that how we're doing this? Let's do it. All right. And now we turn the time over to sister Fanny Fatchek. Thank you, Brother Ben, for allowing us women to talk to each other. It's hard to know the real purpose of Zion's camp, but it was said to be an expedition to reclaim some of the land that Mormons had been ch- had, had lost when their frontier neighbors unrighteously chased them out. These wicked Gentiles mistakenly thought that Mormons were annoying with their preaching and their worship and their shoulder rugs and their magic rocks and hats and their extremely righteous prophet who enjoyed young girls and preaching the gospel to young girls, telling his wife to give employment to young girls. And one magical day, the prophet decided to take a large and threateningly righteous group of Mormons from Nauvoo back to Missouri to show the Gentiles that the correct path of God was to give all their earthly possessions to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. On their way through the wild woods, they came to a burial mound that archaeologists have identified as belonging to the Hopewell Nation of American tribes. But archaeologists are just wrong. Some of the brethren from Zion's Camp March went to the top of the mound and found some bones. So they dug into the mound, and about a foot down they found some more bones, almost a whole skeleton, with an arrowhead lodged in the ribcage. These bones seemed so very large that with their expert 19th century farmers' frontier medical forensic education, the Mormons decided the person must have been over eight feet tall. So they stole them, and they carried the thigh bone with them for the rest of the journey. They showed Joseph Smith Jr. these bones, and Joseph revealed a revelation. He said, These bones belonged to a righteous Lamanite named Zelf. He said Zelf had been a white Lamanite who had joined with the other whites, and he was obedient to the Nephite prophet Onondagus, which all goes to show that Joseph Smith Jr. was a true prophet of the Lord. You know, that fanny fact check... She's amazeballs. She really is. I wonder, though, how she has been allowed as a woman in the church to research so much historicity. Historicity? Hysterectomy? Okay. Nope. Um, I don't know. She should probably watch herself. I hope she doesn't raise her hand and explain that kind of thing in church because oh, yeah. she will have a target she'll on, get her on her back. She'll get on a list. So she should watch herself? <laughs> watch yourself, Sister Fanny Fact Check. <laughs> watch what you're yourself. To say? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's take another quick break and Pay then more bills. we'll wrap this up. 
We are supported by BetterHelp.com. We have mental health professionals periodically on our show, and we wanted to find an affordable online therapy option for our listeners. I think BetterHelp is it. Yep. They will assess your needs, match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can always change counselors if you want. You can send messages to your counselor and receive timely responses, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's more affordable than just normal counseling, and financial aid is available. And through this exclusive offer, LDLers get 10% off their first month. Visit betterhelp.com slash LDL. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LDL for 10% off your first month. Start living a happier life today. We're back. Shelly, what's today's boom pod? This is me rubbing my hands together. Can they hear it? Probably. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Today's fucked up Mormon phrase of the day is stripling Warriors, 2000 to be Make exact. Make sure the L is in there, stripling. 2000 stripling. <laughs> uh-huh. Got it. Warriors. 2000, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a magic number. Specific. Mm-hmm. Okay. And go. Well, stripling is a common, well, not a common word. It's not like people Does are Does she think she knows what stripling <laughs> means? <laughs> yeah. What is your definition of stripling? It means like stripling. youth, like young people. Fuck, how did you know that? It's a She's word smart. in the dictionary. <laughs> feel so dumb. Okay. <laughs> it's youthful warriors. Like, get them young. Be a warrior for God's Mormon army and shit. God damn I don't it. know what the 2000 is. Well, I'm going to give you partial cred, but you need to go. You need yeah, to go. Yeah, why 2000? That's yeah. a really good question, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> if you were worthy, you would know. <laughs> no, there's no question I'm not worthy. I'm fine with that. Good, good, good. But you don't know the story. You no, don't know what no, it is. Right. Of course I don't know the story. Make it up. <laughs> it's like your factory one. Just make um, it up like the church. Are there knee so fights good. or Lehigh's involved? Lehigh's involved. <laughs> Lehigh's? Yeah, kind of, yeah, always. <laughs> wow. Um, she's kind of piecing yeah. this shit together. I'm, she's not a novice. No. <laughs> it's in the Book of Mormon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Joseph Smith oh. made this up like everything else. Well, that would be the answer to <laughs> all of them. Okay. <laughs> the 2,000 stripling warriors, also known as the Army of Helaman. Helaman. As the armies of Helaman. I hated that I never got to sing that song because just the boys did. Helaman. Do you remember that? Or the missionaries. They sing it in the MTC also. They let the girls sing it? Well, you're allowed to be there. Okay. Um, are an army of young men, of course, in the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. first mentioned in the Book of Alma. They are portrayed as... I was going to ex- say Alma. Yeah. I was going to throw him in there. Wow. And Alma. <laughs> it's because he has the largest section of the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a cheap guess. Uh, they are portrayed Jeez. as extremely valiant and loyal warriors in the text. All are wounded in battle, yet survive. Hmm. I'm just going to read to you some of the questions from the lesson. Um, here's one question. Who was Helaman? Answer, he was the oldest son of the prophet Alma the Younger, and he had been chosen to be the next spiritual leader of the people. And okay. funny enough, his friends called him Gila Monster as a little joke. Oh, God. <laughs> was he set apart for that, do you know? Probably, probably. Set apart Set apart. Back apart. Then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> set apart. <laughs> the Book of Mormon just takes you in circles. It just doesn't seem yeah. to make sense at all. Because it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> So, Shelly, that was our Foompod Best of Holiday Special. So that is our Christmas slash holiday gift from us to you. Again, don't tell Kimberly Anderson. We're breaking (laughs) our break rules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We did pretty well, though. I think so. We did. Yeah. I want to thank all of our guests that helped us with the Foompods. You know who you are. 
Also, Fanny Fact Check, want to give a thanks to her once again. And Dan from Extension Audio. Thank you so much. And thanks, Dan. Happy holidays to all of you. Steer clear of cults. Oh, God. Especially in the holiday season. Especially because those cultists <laughs> are out in full force. And I'm thinking that a lot of people who are listening right now have not steered clear because they're sitting with their TBM families opening gifts. <laughs> That's and that challenging. is okay. <laughs> so be careful of those cults. Don't listen. How about don't listen to those cults? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then like in a few days, steer clear. Yeah, because they are no joke. No joke at all. Want to go make out? Yes. Okay. Happy holidays. <laughs>